0: Six Practical and Powerful Ways to Overcome Grief.
1: You're listening to The Unspeakable Podcast with Kim, Kimberly, and Brandy.
0: Welcome to the podcast. Hello, I'm Kim. I'm joined with my co-host, Kimberly. Brandy is not with us today. She is out inspiring the lives of some middle schoolers, which we are very, very excited to have her do. So... We've invited a colleague to join us, Chris O'Donnell. You've heard from her before. Um, We had her on a couple episodes ago talking about an article she had written on how to know if a person has really changed. And today we have her on to kind of walk us through another awesome article that she wrote. Hey, Chris. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, Kim and Kimberly. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be back. Still a little nervous, but I think I'll, I'll be all right. You are a rock star. You don't have anything to be nervous about. <laughs> I know. It's just who I am. I just wrote an article on fear, by the way, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Kimberly, how are things
0: in, um, in Cali today? How are your allergies? They were, like, flaring up really bad the last time we talked.
2: Yeah, you know, today's a good day. <laughs> we, had, we had rain. Um, we had rain on Sunday and that's unusual this time of year for California so that was really nice.
0: Yes I'm uh, kind of yeah. a little fearful about what our summer is going to be like because we had a really warm winter and now we've had a really rainy spring and so lord knows what the summer is going to bring us here in the south we're probably going to be cooked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, summer. Summer's not my my favorite season but but that's okay. There's benefits from each of them.
0: Yes. We just booked our um, family vacation yesterday, so I'm excited about that, but... Yay! Where are you you going? Myrtle Beach. That's where we always go. That's... I grew up in West Virginia. That's where everybody from West Virginia goes on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: the closest beach, I guess.
0: It's not the closest one. It's just where we... I don't know why. I I guess I would have to talk some to some um, fellow West Virginians and ask, but it's just where we all go. And so we continue the tradition with our own family, even though we haven't lived there in 12 years. (laughs) Do you always rent the same place or? No, not necessarily. Um, So we kind of try to stay in the same section of the beach, but we'll rent different places. Let's get to your article, Chris. It's titled Six Practical and Powerful Ways to Overcome Grief. So tell us just a little bit about where your heart was when you wrote it, what, um, I hate to use fluffy words, like what inspired you to write it, <laughs> but tell us, tell us what the Lord was doing in you when you write this article.
1: Sure. Um, this actually was born out of a very difficult time in my life just, uh, recently, um, probably started the height of it over, uh, last summer and then kind of culminated, um, in in december beginning of december just an issue we were having in our family we have uh three teenagers my husband and i and uh, so we were having some problems with one of our children and um so this came through a season of grief for me um i think a lot of times we when we hear the word grief we think about death uh but that's not always the case we grieve over all sorts of things The end of a relationship or uh, even uh, our desires, uh, a way we had pictured things to be or a dream or whatever it is. There's all kinds of things we, we grieve over. It's not just necessarily a death. So I went through this season of grief. And um, out of that, the Lord uh, walked me through these things, uh, kind of giving me something to hang on to and how to think about my pain, how to think about it biblically and how to trust him through it. So that's where this came from. Awesome.
0: Isn't it kind how the Lord does that? Even though it doesn't feel like a, like a kindness sometimes, it feels like pain, but even, mm-hmm. even allowing us to go through those things and making us more Christ-like through them. Um, is a kindness from the Lord.
1: For sure. Be- because I think that, uh, you know, that's when we experience him more or pay more attention maybe to yeah. his activity. And because we're desperate, right? Mm-hmm. Grief brings us to a place of um, desperation in our lives. And um, I'm, I'm so grateful, like you say, Kim, that in my desperation, I, I turned to him, yes. uh, you know? So I hope that's what we can help people with today in the podcast and through this article how to turn to him with our grief
2: mm. well what really impresses me most is not only was this a personal experience but you alliterated the whole way through it <laughs> that is awesome
0: <laughs> that is awesome that that That's almost that almost shows some <laughs> southern baptist influence does it not <laughs> All of my Southern Baptist pastor friends, not all of them, my my current (laughs) pastor doesn't do this, but I have been under many who love the alliteration. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about the six points and their alliterations. Yes. The first point is weep. So how is that a way to overcome grief?
1: Well, I don't know about you ladies, but I am a crier. I don't know if you guys are criers or shed tears easily. You watch uh, uh, commercials even and can cry. And it doesn't take a lot for me (laughs) to shed a few tears. Um, uh, For other people, not so much like I think about my husband. Uh, We've been married for uh, almost 27 years. And I think I could probably count on one hand the amount of times I've seen him cry. So he's not necessarily a crier. Um, But I think that I was sometimes with our tears, we can feel like we're not trusting the Lord or we're showing, um, a lack of faith or, um, you know, we can struggle with those things, but we see all throughout the scriptures, it's very appropriate to shed tears and to grieve in that way and express our grief in that way. And, um, Uh, The person that sticks out the most to me in the Bible is David about Mm -hmm. that. I mean, all throughout the Psalms, we see him uh, expressing his laments and uh, his tears. As a matter of fact, this morning I looked up, I was thinking about the verse where he talks about um, flooding his bed Mm -hmm. uh, with Mm -hmm. his weeping. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. Psalm 6, 6, and he says, I am worn out from groaning all night long. I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears and uh, how I definitely went through that during this past Mm. season and other seasons of grief. I don't think I've ever um, soaked my couch. (laughs) I have, (laughs) I have a a sectional, so that would be kind of hard. It's pretty, it's pretty big. (laughs) I was thinking about that this morning. Um, But I've definitely soaked my pillow a few times at night. I I don't know if you guys have ever been through that, but it seems like in the evening, right. is that time when our hearts are quiet and that grief comes and, uh, you know your pillow only has so many sides right you can flip it too <laughs> when, when you're weeping like that it's like yeah, it's only got two sides but um so it's very appropriate uh for us to grieve in that way but also to not you know sometimes people they're they're not necessarily criers and that doesn't mean that they're not appropriating their grief it could be i mean it could mean that they're stuffing it um but i i just feel like we shouldn't feel guilty if we're not shedding tears either because sometimes I won't cry at Mm. times I talk about that in the article when I'm talking about something very sad and it's kind of weird it's like I'm all stoic and Mm. you know no tears are coming so it can just kind of hit you out of nowhere yes well
0: and you know you said you're a crier I am not a crier I am I'm one of those who might trip and fall into feelings every now and then but I don't cry a lot. And so the, those thoughts that you shared about feeling like the tears are, are representing a weakness or a lack of faith or, or things like that, those are things that I have to wrestle with because when I do cry, the tendency is to, or the temptation is to say, well, this, you know, what, what's wrong with you? This isn't you. You're not, you must not be strong enough, you know, and I have to be reminded that it's okay to do sometimes.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure, like to give yourself permission, Mm -hmm. right,
2: to Mm -hmm. cry. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that you mentioned in your article, Under Weeping, is Psalm 56, where it talks about uh, God collecting our tears in in a bottle. And when we went to Israel, you could actually purchase these little bottles that were supposedly originals you never know if you're getting taken or not (laughs) but that these were little bottles and and women would put tears in them and they would give them to their spouses before they went off to war wow and and so when he when he's explaining this to us that he keeps our our tears in a bottle um he's saying i'm fighting for you Mm. and i and i know Um, how precious this this is to you, that you have wept these tears. Mm -hmm. Um, So
1: he does not take it lightly either. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you, Kimberly, just to have that picture of him collecting our tears, that precious, that word that you use, that is precious to him. Um, I think also with the weeping that, I talk about in that section how we need to weep to the Lord. If we are just um, internalize that, that grief and that weeping, all sorts of things can happen, right? We'll become despondent. Uh, fall into bitterness, even in anger. And um, that's why we need to bring those tears, bring our brokenness and our sadness to the Lord, right? Because he cares. He, he um, wants to uh, comfort us. One, one of my favorite scriptures that I share uh, with people in a season of grief is Psalm 34:18, that says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those that are crushed in spirit. So when we cry to him, uh, he, he is close to us. He's close to us when we're hurting. Mm.
0: All right. So the next one talks about watching. And I believe that that is a great next step to talk about after what you just said. How does,
1: how does watching come into play? Okay. Um, so our pain and grief when we're in that that valley it can it can cloud our vision right we can become so focused on our pain that we can miss out on mm-hmm. the things uh, that God is doing and his grace that's active all around us and I, I share in the uh, article different ways that I experience God's grace. Through uh, all sorts of things, you know, through a text from a friend or a phone call or even uh, a song on the radio that comes on that speaks mm-hmm. exactly to what I'm going through. It could be a song I've heard a hundred times too, and it suddenly I take notice and it has more meaning. And, you know, there's no coincidences with God. Um, even, this podcast, for instance, if somebody's listening in the midst of their grief, you know, that this could be an act of God's grace that he's speaking to you to comfort you. So it's not always going to come packaged the way we think, but just to uh see with the eyes of our heart, right? In Ephesians, it talks about the eyes of our heart to be enlightened and for God to show us those things. Um An example of this that I have just recently, I'm helping a friend work through her grief of the loss of her daughter, and it's still pretty fresh. It's only been, um, I think, about two years, and she was talking about how in the midst of all this, she hasn't really seen any good, and as we were talking— different things she would say, I, I would write down. And, and then I told her, I was like, there's a good, there's a good. And she just needed somebody else's perspective. And Kimberly, you were talking about this before we started that sometimes we need help from other people, mm-hmm. right? To point us to things like, oh, there's good that God did. There's God's grace in your life. And um, so I encouraged her to, you know, maybe keep a log of those things to ask God to to show her um, the good because it's there. It's there. It's just sometimes through those tears, through our pain, we're so consumed with that. We don't see, we don't lift our eyes up to see the good that God's doing. Right. Well, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to take these out of order for a minute because I think that,
0: I don't think that it necessarily has to flow in this order, Um, but worship, that that Mm -hmm. makes me think of your, your step six is worship. Noticing, watching what the Lord is doing, seeing all those good things will naturally lead you to, or should naturally lead you to worship. That gives you an opportunity to refocus and put your eyes back on God and who he is in the middle of this, this tragedy or this, this grievous situation that I'm in. Well, because
1: it think of, it takes your focus off of the temporal, right? Mm -hmm. What's here and now, and it puts your eyes on the eternal, on the eternal God and his promises and what is to come because, you know, this, this isn't it, right? Praise God that, that we have an eternal, (laughs) yeah, we have an Mm -hmm. eternal hope that is uh, beyond uh, what we're going through now. So when we worship the Lord uh, through the difficult times, you know, it relieves that, that weariness and that um, I remember during the season of my life that, you know, you turn on the radio and some Christian songs are very, Self focused, aren't Mm -hmm. they? And just um, not focused on your, yeah, not very helpful. Uh, very focused on your problems and your sadness, and you know uh, that's not very helpful at all. But when they're focused on God and His character, and that God is the Rock, and He is eternal, and He is good, and all of these things, uh, you my perspective totally changes, and and I worship. Like you said, there's nothing else I can do but to worship.
0: Right. Well, and I would imagine that you, you move through all of these steps at different you know it's it's not a step by step, okay, I'm gonna weep, now I'm gonna watch, now I'm gonna wait, now I'm gonna you know what I mean? It's sure, not a they all
2: kinda of overlap. Sure. And, yeah. and
0: there's gonna be moments where you're worshiping and moments where you're weeping and they could be very, very close to each other. And there could sure. be moments when you're weeping while you're
2: worshiping.
1: <laughs> That's very true. I do that a lot too. <laughs> yes.
2: You also mention in your alliterations, yes. <laughs> uh, waiting, and um, why don't you just share a little bit with us and some of the scriptures that really point to how we are to wait upon the Lord?
1: Okay, sure. Um, well. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like to wait very much. Do you, I don't, (laughs) I don't think I know anybody that is naturally patient, right. Or is any human being naturally patient. Uh, we want to see results, right. Immediately. We want to kind of Mm. fast forward through the pain and, and get to the the other side of Mm. it just to receive that healing. Right. And, um, but God, he has a, a purpose for our waiting. It's, it's not wasted by him. Um, this is the time that he, he molds and shapes us. And, um, uh, again, that I just talked about earlier that he wants us to have that eternal perspective of what's to come. And a lot of times when we're waiting, right, that's a lot of the scriptures talk about waiting for our, um, uh, eternal inheritance of what's to come. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, In the book of Romans, Paul talks about that about how we groan inwardly, right, for the redemption of our bodies, and and that's a good thing, right? That that we're waiting. And then he closes that up. He talks about we we hope and we wait patiently. We wait patiently for those things.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but for sure, I don't like to wait. (laughs) I, Mm -hmm. I want to get to the other part, and um, I even talk about in the article like home improvement shows or say even like a weight loss journey or something. I just want to get, you know, I don't want to see all the pain and the grit and all that. Mm -hmm. I just want to get to the results. Yeah. Well, isn't
0: that why we like sitcoms so much? Because, you know, the problem's solved in 30 minutes and life can move on. And that's just exactly how real life is, right? (laughs)
2: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, we live, in a, we live in a society where um, if something isn't fixed, then there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God doesn't fix the thing that we're waiting for. And so then it produces, hopefully with the proper perspective, greater contentment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But God doesn't always fix things the way we, we think he should. And so that's why he tells us to wait. And I think that this is a really good place where that weeping will come into play, but also expectation, Mm -hmm. um, and, and balancing the pleading with the waiting. Yeah. Um, that is a very, very practical way to, to look at my hurt and my grief and my sorrow. Am I expectant upon the goodness of God? But am I also still pleading for that need? Yeah, they um, they they work together, right? Well, you know, in Which?
0: you were, um, Chris had mentioned that we we wait, we hope for eternal things, right? And the word hope in Scripture does not mean, you know, I've said this before on on earlier episodes, but when I started to understand that the word hope in Scripture does not mean a wish like we think it does today mm-hmm. in our western culture it means an expect an expectant waiting an expectation that that those eternal promises are true mm-hmm. and
2: um again based on what chris said earlier on the characteristics you know right of god right yeah right mm-hmm.
0: and, Which and don't fail often that waiting is is t- not often, always the waiting is to teach us to think eternally, right?
1: Yes, mm-hmm. so true. Mm. So true. Because like you said, Kimberly, our longings, it's not always going to be all packaged up right here, right? There's going to be some loose ends there. You know, we're not going to always have the exact answers we want this side, or it's not going to make sense. But that mm-hmm. waiting that, you know, mm-hmm. um, for something greater. And I think found it interesting when I was preparing for uh, this article too, that a lot of times the word, I didn't realize this before, but wait and hope are interchangeable in the scripture and mm-hmm. in, in the book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. Many times those words are interchangeable. So we wait in hope of what's to come, but also, you know, we know that our, our hope is eternal, but it's also present. We have a present hope. It's not just, well, we just have to, you know, be, miserable here (laughs) you know we have we have a hope of you know um a coming inheritance but of a current power right we have the the power of the holy spirit and and um god's work at in us and what he's producing and so it's not just what's to come it's what he's doing now yes um and the hope Mm -hmm. that we have now like we already have it right things are to come but we have um these things already so
2: Amen. And that's when we're focused that way. That's the hope that does not disappoint.
1: Mm.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you also mention work. Talk about work for a second.
1: Okay, sure. I know, and this might seem like a little bit of a of a silly thing to talk about, but um, this, at least what God did in this season of my life, in this season of grieving, was um, I was asked to speak at a ladies' retreat. Um. I, I suppose it was back in December, it was really kind of right when all this was happening, like at the height of um, this situation in my family and my grief. And, um, you know, of course I said I would pray about it because that's what we do, right? As Christians, we say <laughs> we're going to pray about it first. But I knew—I almost knew immediately that God wanted me to do it, to go ahead and say yes. And, and that's out of character for me because I think normally— uh, i would think you know this is i have this family thing going on and that could be very wise right to say no to certain things and and to take a time uh to grieve and to work through those things but i I just knew that the lord had this work for me this good work as a way to minister to my heart and as i said yes and as i spent time preparing and um I, i was in his word and in prayer and at his feet and he restored my soul you know through this work um Mm -hmm. so yes we need to take time uh to grieve and you know you can't you can't put a time limit on that right for anybody you can't say well it would could be a couple weeks could be months years whatever but just to caution people too, don't to to stay in that grieving period where you're just constantly introspective and weeping and, you know, to go ahead and step out because serving other people could be the very thing that God wants to use to bring healing uh, to you, to, to help comfort you. Uh, so um, that's what he did during uh, that, that work that I did um, as, as I was serving others that the Lord ministered to my heart in so many ways, I, I can't even tell you uh, what a blessing it was to do that. So I always tell people when a
2: trial comes to be prepared, God may be giving you a ministry you didn't expect or (laughs) ask for. And, uh, I have a sweet sister in Christ who, um, found out that she couldn't have children anymore and, um, wanted more children and the grief Um, that she worked through has become so beautiful because she just brought in two little uh, foster children to her home. So God used that grief to, to show her that he had something else for her Mm -hmm. as, as a mother. Mm -hmm. And, and it's so beautiful. It's so exciting to see, to see from that moment of where she could just take one little promise a day and cling to that to now bringing other people's children into her home and love them as her own. That is a huge testimony to the to the power of the comfort that God gives us so that we can comfort others in the comfort that we have received.
1: Amen. That's right. Sure. Because who else can relate, right, to our pain than somebody that's walked through it? Um, you know, like a woman that is barren, I wouldn't have that experience but another woman that has that can come alongside because you know those pitfalls you know those thoughts and all of that so i love that that is that in second corinthians first corinthians with the comfort that we received i'm not very good with my references lady so (laughs) (laughs) second yeah second corinthians chapter one is is
2: huge when when we're looking at the idea of of working through our grief um, because we can comfort others from the comfort that we have received. And God will put uh, people or situations in your path that you can comfort. And it may not be that it's with this exact same scenario. I've counseled women who are barren, and I didn't know what that was like. Um, God God gave me um, children rather easily. And so that wasn't an issue for me. And my first thought was, well, how am I gonna help her? Well, I had grieved before. So it was thinking through it theologically and then applying it practically um, in in a different situation. And the cool thing about that particular situation was, is that in his providence, he was showing me sisters in Christ who were very near and dear to me. Some of them, I never knew that they had suffered infertility. And so I had those women over to my home and asked them to share specifically how God had worked in their lives to comfort them in, in this trial and this aspect of living in a broken world that is in our faces right now, you know, we're seeing it more and more. And, and that was something that only God could do. But it took work, you know, it, it took work of looking outside of my own grief experience and, and encouraging her in a, in a unique way. And God can bring those unique ways about. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. That's beautiful. And we kind of touched on this a little bit, but talk, talk a little bit more about wrestling with grief.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, well, pain has a way of bringing out what's in our hearts, right? Our um, We like to talk a lot about our functional theology, right? When we're in that valley, when we're suffering, uh, what's really in our hearts will come to the surface. So those are the things that um, we have to wrestle through. Um, the word wrestle means to to get dusty and to kind of grapple around with those things, Um you know, areas of unbelief are exposed in our life during times of suffering. Uh, so as we as we wrestle through those things, and as Christians, we know in the, in grief, whatever, anything God reveals to us, it's never out of condemnation, right? It's not that He wants to condemn us, but that He wants to free us from any of these strongholds, any of these areas of unbelief where we're not trusting him um, and the self-sufficient ways, right, that we come up with to deal with our hurts, the Lord will bring those to the surface mm-hmm. as as we're in that valley, as we're, as we're waiting, as we're weeping, all these things, God will, will bring those to our mind. Um, there are times that uh, even just recently, because our situation isn't all wrapped up in a nice little package um, that we've been going through when I first wrote this article so um, sometimes I just as I'm praying and, and talking with the Lord uh, I have to take my dogs out and for a walk or whatever and and I, I do I wrestle through these things and I'm and I'm like Lord I, I didn't realize I had this anger still in my heart and I had mm-hmm. this um, uh, unforgiveness or I had this doubt. Um, and so those are the things that God, that's good. That's a good thing. God's producing as he reveals those things to you because he wants, uh, you know, for you to put that off, right. And to put on, um, to put on the, the trust and, um, the kindness and all those other things. So it, it just can reveal the ugliness in our hearts, I guess, uh, these times of grief and sadness. So, uh, that's something I've had to wrestle through and yeah, and Probably always will, right? That um, yes, (laughs) yeah, we will. (laughs) We're not going to get there, you know. And sometimes spoiler alert, (laughs) right? (laughs) And sometimes it surprises us, like, wow, you know, I didn't know I was still that ugly. (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm. But um, that's that's something that uh, as we surrender to the Lord and, and work through these things, that He will help us with and um, and free us from as, as we um, work through them.
0: I'm going to bring up worship again. All of these things, if we approach any struggle, any trial, any any suffering in our life with a right view of God and his character, then that leads you to be able to worship even in the midst of the trial. And, and I dare say
1: worship greater because of the trial. For sure. Um one of the things that that I put as my um Facebook status when I was going through this difficult time was that nothing relieves my weariness and worry more than worship. Mm. And how true that that is, you know, when we focus on the Lord, when we lift him up, that our problems are uh, they're brought low, you know, uh who he is and his greatness and one of my um, uh, the verses that God just made so um, precious to me during this time and was Romans eight thirty two, And it says he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things. Mm-hmm. If we have any reason to worship, we have to just look at the cross, right? Uh, put our eyes on, on what Christ has done for us. And if he was willing to do that, how much more is he going to help us in our pain and our grief with these other things? He solved our greatest problem, right, at the cross um, Amen. Uh, and forgave us and has given us eternal life. So these other things are, the Bible calls them light and momentary, right? They don't seem very mm-hmm. light. They don't mm-hmm. seem very momentary, but in light of the cross and then reminding myself, if God was did not even spare his own son for me, he's going to help me through this season of grief. And that mm-hmm. is a reason to worship.
2: Amen. So you have shared some wonderful things with us. And I might add that you also alliterated multiple times throughout. I'm very impressed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, thank you.
2: Uh, but as we close,
1: Chris, share some final words with the audience about grief. I sure will. Uh, Before we we actually began recording, um, Kim, Kimberly, and myself, we talked about this, that um, we don't ever want to minimize anybody's grief. uh, Just in my small circle of the world, the things that are going on here, I mean, they're hard. These are heart-wrenching, horrible, sad things. things that people go through. So we don't want to minimize that and what any of you that are listening are suffering with. Um, so please know that our hearts are, are not for that. And here's this formula and and follow this and it's all going to be okay. Uh, we don't mean that we, um, just want to point you to Christ and the hope that we have in him and, um, to, uh, just that you would, turn your sorrow and your sadness to him and that you would pour out your heart and just that psalm of him uh collecting your tears in a jar that he cares they are precious to him not one of them is wasted and that um you know the old order of things are going to pass away one day and there will not be any tears that's one of my Uh, favorite things about heaven, right, of what's to come. There won't be uh, any more pain or sorrow or grief, but God will make everything new. So what you're going through now that the Lord is there and that he cares, he wants to comfort you, Uh, turn to him and wait on him, worship him, uh, find some people to help you walk through this, to um, help you see those good things he's doing that are there and, um, and trust and, uh, reach out to us at rickthomas.net. If, if you have questions or you don't have those kind of people to help you walk through these things in your life, we we'd love to talk with you more about it. Amen.
0: Well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us today. It's been
1: fun to talk with you again. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. Um, We will link your article in our show notes so that folks can read it. And um, Rick always links a few extra things that that would be helpful as well. So be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk with you again soon. Enjoy your coffee.
2: Unspeakable is a ministry of rickthomas.net. Visit us and check out our other great content.